Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today we're joined by Ben Ivey. Ben is the fulfillment artist. He's an international speaker, a Tony Robbins strategic intervention coach, and the lead facilitator for Zero Suicide Systems New Recall. Ben is most well known for his seminars, Release the Real You and Fulfillment Artist Intensive. He works with successful people around the globe that despite all they've achieved, feel isolated, lost, and depressed. His mission is to move people from the worst place of their life to the best in the quickest time possible. Ben, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure to be here. It's good to, it's good to be on the um, Unstoppable Coach podcast. Well, I really want to say thanks so much for taking the time to really work with our schedules. We had a little bit of a hiccup this morning with the software, and we're actually on opposite sides of the globe. Ben is coming to us from Shanghai, China, and it's late at night over there. I'm just waking up in Nashville, Tennessee, so we really had to tweak things to make it work, but we did, and I'm so glad you're joining us. Yes, my pleasure. I apologize that there's quite a few things blocked here in Shanghai, but I'm glad we found some sort of software that works. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I would love it if we could go ahead and jump into the questions, and I want to start off with you telling us a little bit more about you, and maybe even some of the things that you like to do when you're not busy working. Okay, sure. So, well, one of the things that I love to do is is definitely traveling. I mean, I am um, I'm probably a little bit different from most coaches in that I do everything online, so I'm quite fortunate in that I get to travel a fair bit. So um, I recently went to um, where they filmed Avatar in a mm -hmm. place called Zhangjiajie, and it, it was amazing. Like you're up in the mountains, and there's just like all this smoke like around you. So yeah, that, that that's that's really really cool. Um, I did a, a six month body transformation recently. Uh, which is pretty cool. I, I found myself getting a little bit fat because I was sitting, taking calls <laughs> for quite a while. <laughs> so um, health is always interesting to me. And um, what else? Oh, energy as well. I, uh, if you've heard of Wim Hof, have you heard of that guy? Oh, yeah, I actually have. He's the guy that does all of the like energy work with ice, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I delved into that as well, which has always been some great fun. Um, uh, I was just on top of like a mountain in Italy doing some breathing exercises, <laughs> which is quite cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I do a bit of street dance here and there. Uh, I've got, I'm in a long distance relationship across the world. So yeah, I'm, I'm used to these uh, long distance calls as an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Now, I would love it if we could jump into more about your business. Let's start off with just a little bit of background. So how long have you been coaching and what really got you interested in it in the first place? Sure. So I think that just like most coaches, I think you sort of fall into it in a sense. Like my coaching journey started about sorry, six, seven years ago as such. And I was starting coaching people on, on just the simple sort of things like your productivity, public speaking, a bit of life coaching here and there, sort of no training and, and just sort of seeing how it goes as such. And then from there, like, uh, although I was, I was doing it, I wasn't thinking of sort of doing it full time. Um, I had other businesses that, that I was working on. Um, so I ended up being in, in Silicon Valley and I had a, had a team internationally. I was working on a business to basically help people memorize Chinese in like a 3D environment with all these different memory hacks. And whilst I was there, it was, it was incredibly fascinating to me that I was in an environment where you've got sort of millions of you know, like people that are earning just a ridiculous amount of money, but they are unhappy and depressed. And I found that incredibly fascinating. I wasn't quite sure what to what to, what to make of it. And I also felt myself starting to sort of self-sabotage. So I started working on other projects and other things. And then I had a moment which really sort of shifted my life. I ended up losing my father to suicide. And that was like my biggest shift for myself. 
And it was that moment that sort of led me on this journey of self-discovery of understanding what is it that, that really drives people? And what is the difference between people that are okay on the surface, but underneath they've got all this shit going on. And sometimes we're really good at playing, you know, hide and seek and that some people get to see one part of ourselves and no one else gets to see the other. So, so this journey took me on all these sorts of like transformation seminars. So, you know, you've got your power to achieve Andy Harrington, you've got your millionaire mind intensive, you've got a niche to power within. I mean, I've, I've gone to conferences and all these sort of self-development seminars all over the world. And I started running a couple um, in Shanghai and it was, it was that that sort of delved me into, you know, how, how is it that you can really help people change in, in like a really big way? So for me, that sort of started the, the journey in. And then from there, I started to really search for who was the best in the world at really shifting people. Because I, I think it's important to get some sort of training, but I'm sure you've had a lot of different coaches um, on this podcast from a variety of different spectrums from people that have been certified by the SEF or ACC or all these different other bodies, right? Right. So for myself, when I was diving into looking at all these different coaching authorities, I wanted to not just teach from a box, if that makes sense. Because I think that a lot of people make the mistake in that they go through trainings and then they end up teaching from a box and you can't fit people in a box because everyone's different. So what I ended up doing is I, through my searching, I found Tony Robbins and I thought that the way in which she could shift people was, was incredibly fascinating. So I thought that being able to learn from him, being able to do strategic intervention coaching would be, would be incredibly fascinating. So I sort of delved into that and really dug my teeth in to everything that was going on. And previously, whilst I was having my, my business, just to step back briefly, I was very sort of adept in NLP, so neuro-linguistic programming. Mm-hmm. So I'd done NLP for years and had a program people, had a program yourself. I used that with clients, but also I, I found it fascinating to be able to use with myself. And I guess I made um, a couple of mistakes like we all do in that I could program myself to basically be happy pretty much all the time because of reframes, because of different techniques. Mm-hmm. But the, the issue was that I wouldn't really experience the full spectrum of emotions, if that makes sense. Because right. if you stop yourself feeling all the bad emotions, then you also stop yourself feeling all the high emotions as well. So, you know, through this understanding of the strategic intervention coaching, I managed to remove that. And then I could use the NLP foundation to really help people shift. So I, I was working with people and I could shift people and I could, you know, change them and break through whatever issues that they had. But I faced a, a big problem, and, and that is I didn't really know where to take them to. You know what right. I mean? So yeah. I, I ended up making a, a fulfillment artist framework. So this is like, how is it that people live a, a really fulfilled life? Like, well, what are the elements that, that we all need to be able to live a life that's not like anyone else, but really fulfilled to ourselves? And I made a framework, and I, I teach that in the seminars that I run around the world. I use that with clients so I know actually where I'm taking them to so that they can really have that deep sense of fulfillment from within as opposed to dealing with all the surface level problems that most people deal with. And right. the last thing was I didn't feel pe- uh, comfortable with dealing with people at the sort of worst end of the spectrum. So for a lot of coaches and things like that, they won't really deal with people that are very, very depressed or suicidal. Mm-hmm. And that's right. a sort of element that most people have said, you know, you, you're, not, you're not really meant to go there. Send them to a counselor or a therapist. And I'm sure you've heard this before, right? So yeah, for myself, absolutely. I didn't really want to, to, to have to turn anyone away. I wanted to be able to take everyone on, no matter where they were on their journey, but really feel comfortable. And although I had some of the skills with the strategic intervention coaching in NLP, I really wanted to get a solid foundation and master the sort of worst elements because then anything else someone throws at me is much easier. Right. You know, like if you compare someone that's suicidal compared to someone that's like, you know, on like a, who's an alcoholic, like, okay, an alcoholic can kill themselves, but it's a little bit different to someone that's suicidal on the edge right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. So for me, I delved into something called the new recall zero suicide. So it was invented by this guy called Matthew Duval. And he's basically been manning suicide hotlines for about 30 years. 
right? And he came up with all these different techniques to help people. He was on the phone for, for hours. And then basically he managed to whittle it down to these precise procedures mm-hmm. to be able to remove suicide ideation from people in a very, very quick way. And he's been mentoring me for over the past year. And it's been fantastic to be able to use that in my seminars, use that with my one-on-ones to really help people make that permanent shift so that suicide is no longer an option for them in their life. And that pretty much leads me to to where I am now. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. With such a varied background, do you tend to work with business people or who is your ideal client, Ben? Sure. So right now, I mean, most of the people that I work with are business owners. So Mm -hmm. they're people that are achieving a lot in their life, but they feel that something's missing. Gotcha. And then I help them sort of break through that to live a truly fulfilled life. And although I do take on some managers um, in other positions as well, predominantly, I'd say about 80% of the clients that I have are business owners. Yeah, that really had me wondering because you've done such a deep dive into really exploring the whole concept of how people begin to think about suicide, how to help people get over these thoughts of suicide. I was just wondering if this is something that you tend to find in a lot of your clients that they struggle with, or if this is just something where you really just had a deep interest in it and you wanted to learn more about it for yourself. Well, it's funny because I I think it's, it's very surprising how many people who are at the top who actually don't really speak to many people about mm-hmm. what's going on. Because if you imagine that if you become more and more successful, it's often more isolating and depressing because you actually have less people to speak to. You have more stress, more responsibilities, and there's no one there that really understands you and gets it. Right. And often the characteristics of the people that get to the very top are the same sort of characteristics where you don't really show that much emotion because it's like cutthroat business. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So they often end up hiding a lot. So it's it's very rare that you'd be able to express what's what's really happening. And you know, you get cases all over the world of people that are very successful. You've got Robin Williams, you've got the Lincoln Park guy that was very recent. I mean, there's a bunch of different people and, and it's very fascinating. And I guess that, you know, would I say the majority are suicidal? No. But when they are, it leads me to be able to help them very quickly out of that. Mm-hmm. And out of any sort of depression and shift them on their way so they can really you know, get that deep sense of fulfillment and start moving forward in all the different aspects of their lives. Right. So now that we know a little bit more about the type of person that you like to work with, I want to talk more about how you really got your business started. Now, a lot of people can really learn a lot from hearing about how other people overcame struggles. So can you tell us about a time in your business where maybe you had a big disappointment or just a low point and then what you did to sort of bring yourself back and get over that? Well, I, I think an important thing to, to talk about here is like the, the facts and figures. And, and the truth is, is that most coaches find it very difficult to earn above the average weight, right? And I, I think there's a fact, like it, it's, it's a ridiculous fact, like 90%. So often, you know, you go on courses, you do these things, and then you're, you're sort of stuck. I mean, you have to like find clients to do all these things. And one of the hardest things that I found is obviously when you're starting to build it up and let's say you take on your first paying client, like you have no idea what to charge. Everyone says they're a coach. Like how do you differentiate yourself? Right. And this is like a big issue that I had because you, know, you get people that are life coaches, you get people that, that say all these different things. And I, I guess that's one of the reasons that for me, I, I was so confused because you have these people that are young that say they're life coaches, but then I was speaking to older people. And I, for example, I had a one-on-one with a guy called Andy Harrington. Mm-hmm. He runs seminars all the road. He's a very, very interesting guy. And he was like, you can't call yourself a life coach. And I was like, why not? He was like, because life coaches have got to be like 50, 60. They have to have gone through, like they have to have those sorts of life experience, right? So as soon as you say that, it, it puts you sort of further down because often when someone says the life coach, there is a certain association they have with a life coach. Right. If you don't fit that association, then you're sort of breaking the mold and then you're already sort of, down if that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. so for myself i guess one of the first things was saying okay well how could i differentiate myself from other people and i think that's quite important and i know that you've obviously spoken to lots of different coaches in different niche, niches but I, I think it's important to very much differentiate what you do with the people that you work with and how you differentiate yourself from other people 
like if you can Mm-hmm. Well, when I was sort of starting on this journey, it was confusing. Like I re- really was very confused. <laughs> like I take on one person, and and I remember I, and the first client I ever took on this was years ago. I think I took them on for like twenty five pounds, uh, like a session, something like mm-hmm. that. And it was just on productivity, and, and I was so happy that someone was actually paying me for my time online, and I just <laughs> could not believe it. And like, and I, I guess it's those little wins that's really exciting. But then right. you sort of get to the end, and you're like, "Oh shit! Like, <laughs> where's my next income coming from?" Right? Uh-huh. Um, and then, and then you go through this process of like, okay, well, you can be a good coach, but if you're in the middle of, it, it's like the um, the story people say that if you've got a golden shop, it's the most amazing shop in the world, but it's in the middle of nowhere, no one's gonna know you exist. Right. So, I I was thinking of like lots of different strategies of like, how do you how do you build up a sustainable coaching practice mm-hmm. or whatever it is you want to call it? And I know loads of people that sort of do that, loads of Facebook stuff. And I'm sure you've got people with so many different strategies, right? Right. You say, Oh, you've got to do Facebook. No, you've got a marketing, you've got to have an email list and all this sorts of stuff. And I remember being told like, Oh, you know, you've got to write a book, like make yourself an authority in the field. And there was so <laughs> many contradictory advice. I mean, have you heard this before? I've heard every one of those. <laughs> okay cool so like i was there and i was like i mean yeah okay i can write a book like that's cool but i mean that's not really gonna build up a business so Mm -hmm. i actually went uh, top down so okay well i think it's better to build a one-on-one build up my one-on-ones right and then sort of use that money to then funnel into everything else but obviously you've got to get those clients to begin with right so i think i went about it a little bit differently in that the way i do it is that i built relationships with people Mm mm-hmm so over periods of time, like, you know, you, you just build relationships with people and see where you can help out. And I guess in my experience, I, I sort of tracked where my clients were coming from mm-hmm. or like any sort of potential clients. And I think some, any advice that I'd give to someone starting out is, you know, you, you've got to see if you can track early, like your first client, like where did you meet them? It's funny. Like one of my best clients, I met at a jazz bar. <laughs> like what like how does that happen he's like this business owner a bunch of stuff and i had a friend with me and he was saying how you know i changed his life blah 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 and um yeah and then and then we sort of took it from there but but it's fascinating and you hear of all these coaches going to all these different networking events mm-hmm. right sure and some people say oh you've got to go to all these networking events it's really great now it may be for some people for myself i'm telling you now i have gone to so many networking events in so many countries i can't even tell you <laughs> I, I mean los angeles I, I went to all the team all the bnis I've, I've been to i've been i've been to places in london i've been to networking events in shanghai and that really was not up my street and i made so many mistakes and it's frustrating because you're meaning lots of people you're working on making progress and you genuinely want to have an impact on people but i guess you're mixing with the wrong types of people if that makes sense sure so one of the important distinctions that i needed to make is like okay well you know where is my ideal client like like who who is that who is that person and uh, an analogy really stuck with me when i when i started to understand this and that is that if you're if you're hunting for antelope right you don't look in the shed (laughs) right it's going to be with all the field mice Uh uh-huh if that makes sense. So that's when yeah. lots of coaches get disheartened, like like disheartened, because they don't really know how best to move forward. And then like prices was a big thing that I like, really didn't have a clue what to do. And I, I think it was it was funny. What, 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 another um, client that I took on, this, this is something very different to what I was used to. So I was starting out and then I had, um, had a friend and, and she asked me, oh, do you know any, like we're having trouble in our relationship? And I was like, okay, well, I know a couple of relationship coaches. So I, I suggest them to her and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We, we, we would actually want you to coach us. And I was like, what? Okay. Um, <laughs> that's not really what I do. Um, <laughs> like, how, how do I do this? So, I mean, I, I, obviously I'm aware and that's something that I do deal with, but I've never really taken on, I hadn't previously taken on two people at the same time just right. for their relationship. Mm-hmm. And how do you price that? You know what I mean? And, it, and it's, it's topics that people don't really think about in, in the sort of coaching world like no one says oh if this happens you should charge this because there's right. no like sort of fee people and then there's so many different perspectives of like how you should build up a sustainable coaching practice <laughs> exactly I'm sure you've 
you know, the, you've got the Prosperous Coach, you've got, you know, I mean, there's so many different books talking about all this different stuff. I mean, it's, it's a big thing, especially when you're starting out, because, you know, how do you know your value? I mean, you have skills, but the experience isn't there. And, you, and, and often you don't know the effect that you have on people's lives. I mean, I remember right. I was doing a practice coaching session with one of the guys in Tony Robbins. And I was there and I took him for half an hour and I was like, damn, that, this is not going very well. Like, I, I really didn't think it went well at all. Right. I was like, damn, like, damn. And then um, it gets to the end and he was like, yeah, that was one of the best coaching sessions I've ever had. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's, and, and it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we don't think we're having an impact on people, but then you end up having one. And it's, it's, it's incredibly strange because sometimes we only see it from our own perspective of what we want someone else to achieve. And we sometimes forget about it's those small things and make a big difference to to the people in the coaching world right but, you know just despite that moving to the prices side of things i think that when you're starting out this, this would be my my personal advice and i'm sure that they're going to hear you know tens and hundreds of different coaches i would suggest the following i would say have a sort of rough price for, for what you do and then if they say oh that's too much just say like what can you afford and literally just work it out with that because i think that a lot of people focus on signing, okay, I need to sign lots and lots of high-end clients. That's the way to build it up. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, no, you should just take on everyone and then just build it up like that. And, and I think that you know, everyone's different and people want different things. And I think that when you're starting out, you don't really want to turn away anyone. You want to be practicing, building up your skills and maybe getting some sort of monthly income. Right. And I think that's very important because... As, as great as it is saying, oh, you know, you should do all these proposals, you should do that, and then the income will follow, and la da da. I think that at the end of the day, you're focusing on changing people's lives. And if you give value to people, you're going to get referrals, people are going to refer people to you. So I think when you're starting out, I wouldn't worry too much about the prices you're charging. Focus on how much you're impacting someone. Because if you impact them like enough, you're going to get, I guarantee you're going to get more and more clients after. Right. It seems like everybody falls into one of two camps. Either they really believe that you need to set your prices up front and stick with those prices from the get-go, or they go along with your idea of thinking, which is, no, be willing to negotiate a little bit. Be willing to structure some things around what this person is needing, and then know that you're going to build up that relationship, and then you're going to get those referrals to come in. And at the same time, you're building your skills, and you're building up some confidence as well. So I think that's a really great suggestion for people that that really resonates with. Now, on that same track... How do you feel about your offerings? A lot of people like to go in with maybe just one or two offerings, like maybe some one-on-one coaching. And then if people can't afford that, they'll go with a lower priced offer of a group coaching package. So do you have several different offerings or do you really just sort of structure your offerings around what your client needs? Well, so, so for myself, I mean, I treat everyone as unique. So I, I do tailor-made packages for exactly what the person does. So I'm, I've moved away from the coaching transactional side of things of like an hour of my time because I, I don't consider myself a cleaner. Like if I'm there to change their lives, like <laughs> I want to spend as much time as I can with them. And so basically I have like a roughly how long I think it will take and I'll give them an offer and then they can either decide to take their offer or we change the offer and then we figure it out to find a way that works basically mm-hmm. is what I usually do. Um, and I, I found that's been really, really effective just so that it's tailor-made for everyone. Cause sometimes, you know, people want that interaction in the day where you follow up and you say, you know, how's it going? And then you can start to make those sort of faster changes. But yeah, I agree. I, I, I certainly think that in the beginning it's different to when you're starting to, when, when you're starting to build up like the part-time coaching practice, right. it's different to when you've got to manage a full-time co- coaching practice. So like, I, I remember this, um, I, I've, I've only like ever taken like, one coaching guy on to help him to build up a practice. And the, the issue that he faces was like uh, drop selling um, a lower end package. Uh, right. Have you ever had experience with this? Where So you want them to buy a high end, but then you end up just, just talking about the low end because you don't feel like confident in yourself to be able to do that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that when, when you, you develop that confidence and when you have someone that can really help you do that, 
then the results just come like massively. And I think that's, that's something really cool with coaching that you can get that impact when you've laid that foundation. So a lot of the things that we've been talking about so far, like knowing your value, learning how to differentiate yourself from other people in your industry, going into your first sessions with the mindset that you're going to focus a little bit less on money and focus more on honing your skills, getting practice, giving value so that then in turn, you're building up the relationships with people, and hopefully those people will begin to refer others to you. All of this consistent action generally will lead to some sort of momentum, some sort of tipping point in a person's business. So I would love it if you could tell us a little bit about what that tipping point was for you in your business when you finally felt like things were starting to roll along at a pretty good pace. Well, I, I suppose, so after everything happened in my story, right, I quit my business and I was like, I obviously went on this journey. And for me, that is, it was never an option to go part-time, um, if, if that makes sense. Like, <laughs> there's just no way. Um, and, I, and I think that that's, so that was the experience for myself of like burning all bridges. And, and that may not be the smartest thing to do. I don't recommend that to everyone. If, if someone's got a stable job, um, it's definitely better to put it up part-time on the side. But obviously for myself, I had a business and I literally just quit that and wanted to dive straight in to, um, to this. So when I was building it up, I suppose the, the point that it happened when, when I knew that it could be something sustainable was honestly after I signed my first like proper high-end like client. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, wow, like, wow. Because I, I don't know if you remember, but I remember the, the, like the first time Whoever like like just signed someone, and at the time you, you're like, "Wow, that was amazing!" Like, I can't believe I've 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 just signed some people on. Like, that's, <laughs> right. that's crazy. And and you're there, and you're like, "This is this is unbelievably cool." Um, and and I suppose it was that. And then afterwards, just like with with everything, you have months. Uh, depending on how you structure your coaching practice, mm-hmm. if you're doing packages or monthly, right? Uh, and I, I've experimented with both, so I understand the the goods and bads about each but you know you'll have some months where you're like wow i cannot believe if, if i do this for the rest of the year i'm gonna be easily making six figures you know what I mean? <laughs> sure and then and then like the next month you make like nothing and you're like exactly what happened um <laughs> and and that is such a funny thing to go to because because you're just like and then sometimes i remember <laughs> when i first sang out like what did i do wrong this month and did i do something wrong and, and you're still coaching obviously the people that you've taken on like, no, I'm still coaching people. I'm still doing it, but you know, you're not seeing any money. And I think that the attachment to money is an interesting thing for mm-hmm. a coach. Um, and what the, the money means to them and like how, how they build it up. It's, it's a very interesting factor that I don't think gets talked about very often. And yeah, I, I find it very fascinating to see the perception that we have of money when it's not there, when you like have a few months where it's you just like no idea what to do. Um, I think an important piece of advice there is to stay in the game i think that you meet a lot of coaches that are a coach for like a few years and then they just give up and then switch mm-hmm. there are many coaches that are that really sort of stay in the industry through those peaks and troughs that often happen yeah i mean it, it, it's very important to be aware of of the peaks and troughs and things like that i mean something for myself that when i was looking into you know making it much more sustainable as such mm-hmm. i was thinking like you know how is it that you can build it up in, in a way that's obviously in a sustainable way where you're not worried about all this stuff and like having some sort of like level of certainty. Right. Um, and I think that's important for, for people to understand is like, you know, what, what is the minimum a month that I really need? And, and I think you know, working out numbers, being able to understand, okay, well, what is it that I, that I could survive on? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that I need to thrive? And obviously for myself, I'm, I'm probably a slightly different case. And then obviously I, I love working one-on-one with clients, but I also love running seminars and I love being able to sort of work on uh, like products and things like that. So for me, I see my coaching practice as like the beginning to be able to bring up the foundation of everything else. But there are some coaches that just want to coach for the rest of their lives. So it, it definitely depends on what it is you want to do with the, with the money that you make. Because I think that some people get complacent and then don't reinvest it. 
and mm-hmm. sort of save it for the side until they have their sort of peaks and troughs. And for myself, I think that it's it's definitely good to invest it in wherever it is that you're moving as a coach, whether it's you know, upgrading a website, which honestly, actually, <laughs> just speaking of websites, I'd love to get your opinion on this. I do have many people that have come on the show that says it's very important for websites and to have that sort of presence. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that I would say every person that I've interviewed has some sort of a web presence. Now, it may not be a large site. It may not have a blog that's updated every day or every week, but everyone has some sort of web presence, if nothing more than a five-page site just to introduce themselves to people and, and kind of use as a landing page or a lead generation page. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just quite fascinating because I remember when, when I first started, I, I was told, you know, you've got to get a good website then. Right. And I was like, okay. So I really worked hard on a good website. And I realized no one goes to my website. <laughs> like, right. I, I'm telling you now, no one. I, like, obviously, like now it's slightly different. But for the, for the one-on-one clients that I've had previously, not a single one has seen my website. I don't even think they even know if I have a website because everything is put up on relationships. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I speak yeah. to them. We get on well. We schedule a call. Like you, you have like a very impactful time with them. And then they say, oh, well, what's it like working with you? And then, then you tell them. <laughs> and, and then that's what happens. So I, I think that one of the most important things is to forget about all the, I mean, personally for myself, this is how I brought it up, but don't worry too much about the, the social media, the website, all the other crap, writing all these articles. Like, just meet people and just help them. Oh, absolutely. Ben, I mean, I think you're totally right on this because, I mean, think about the time before there was internet. I mean, there were coaches then. Everyone just did their business face-to-face. And I think that while it definitely is a trend to have all of your business online and to really utilize the internet for content marketing, keyword research, SEO, all of that sort of stuff. If that's not really something that speaks to you as a person, there's absolutely no reason that you can't build up a really successful business one person at a time, one relationship at a time. I think you've proven that. And the thing for people to remember is if they're the type of person that doesn't really want to go and write a blog post every week, or if they're the type of person that doesn't want to have a podcast or doesn't want to do a Facebook Live, there are other options. And it really is just getting out and having those conversations and meeting people. Oh, I've I've gone through all these different stages. I mean, I remember writing blogs and being like, no one's reading my blog am I writing a bad blog? And then, and then I, and then I spent like really focusing my time making like a really, really juicy, sexy, like a really nice blog. Mm-hmm. And then I'd like share it on social media and maybe you'd get like five likes and you get more <laughs> likes for like a photo of a cat. Right. You know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> what? what? I, I've spent hours like diligently going through this. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious. And obviously there's, there's so many different ways to build it up, but for myself, I think that definitely building relationships with people has been the most important. And obviously after I've met someone or someone's referred to me, I take everything online now. And now I have a much better social media presence than I did, but that's because of the online space that I'm moving into of sort of reinvesting and then uh, building up from the other way, if that makes sense. So like I have my one-on-ones and I'm building the audience after, but it's only because I've built up the relationships with the one-on-ones that I'm now reinvesting. But it's still most of my time is definitely spent on the one-on-ones and like the sort of the YouTube editing, the SEO and things like that. Right. I outsource that. I I have no time to sort of delve into all of these sorts of things. I'd much prefer to spend my time with people. Mm -hmm. um, If that makes sense. So I, I definitely think that there's a lot of coaches that are far too busy as, as you were saying, sort of content making machines, which Mm -hmm. um, is great for distracting ourselves. But, right. and, and learning as well. I think as coaches, we, we feel that we have to delve into a lot of books and a lot of learning. Yes. Um, as opposed to doing something with that and actually going outside our comfort zone and sort of meeting people to be able to help. You know, one thing that I think people really need to keep in mind, based on what we've been talking about, is don't get so caught up in creating the content that you forget to do the coaching. 
I mean, even if people really love the idea of building that online business, they don't need to get all wound up in tweaking their website, choosing the perfect photo, working on images and logos and forgetting about actually getting out there and coaching people. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because like, it's funny because obviously saying all this, but when when you actually get down to it, right, and it's 10 a.m. in the morning and you're there and you're like, okay, I'm going to build up my coaching practice. (laughs) What do you do at 10 a.m.? Do you know what I mean? So then people get confused. They're like, oh, we'll have to work hard and have to do this. Then we feel like we have to distract ourselves with all these different things. And um, yeah, I, 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 I think it's, it's, it's fascinating because often, you know, the, the times that you meet people aren't often in the sort of nine to five work hours. Right. Generally speaking, like if you're going to go to like an event or things like that, like generally speaking, they're not in those sorts of hours. So, you know, what do you do in, in that time that you have? I mean, what, what suggestions would you give for people that in the sort of in the day, what would they do if they don't know what to do and they're sort of first building up a practice? Well, Ben, I would have to say that my best suggestion for something that people could do during the middle of the day so that they're not getting bogged down in content creation, but they're focusing more on actual revenue generating activities would be to get out and speak to people. Now, you may not have, like you mentioned earlier, a jazz club that you could go to in the middle of the day, but you could start to do lunch and learns. So think about where does your ideal client hang out and then think about creating a hour long presentation that you could go into different businesses and put on. Now, I know that you do some speaking, so I would love it if we could talk a little bit about the seminars that you put on, and maybe you could tell us a little about how you got started and what those are all about. So the seminars that I run are uh, full-day seminars and a weekend Mm -hmm. seminar. Yeah, so it's slightly different. But when I was first starting out, I mean, I've experimented with all different types, and I, I think that... Uh, building up speaking opportunities, I think that's very important as well for um, a coach, actually. I think that one of the best ways to uh, build up a coaching practice is also by becoming a better speaker because uh, you can attract more people. And I think that's that's a good strategy that you can use that I've certainly used mm-hmm. to be able to speak in front of an audience. And then if there's one person in there that's interested in your story or you connect with them in the right way, then that's a, a chance that you can possibly get a, a coaching client. And I think that's quite... Um, quite an interesting way to to build up a practice but obviously that depends on the type of coach that you are and there's no one size fits all and obviously I'm only speaking from my own experience but I've certainly found that being able to think long term about collaborations with people Mm. is, is a very good way to think about building that sustainable business because a lot of coaches I think see people as competition uh other coaches competition they won't really spend much time with them uh, there may be cases where they feel that, oh, that person is wasting my time and things like that. Um, but for myself, I really focused on event organizers, like who are they and who are the people that are, are really beneficial for me to spend like time with mm-hmm. for the future, as well as like who are some interesting coaches that I think I could learn and have these sorts of conversations with. Because obviously listening to a podcast is one thing, which I think is incredibly beneficial to listen to people's story i think it's fascinating and then obviously to follow like to i don't know find out more about that person or, or whatever it is and then i also think that being able to have some sort of group of coaches that are going through a similar journey i think is really really important mm, i think that's a really good idea and i want to dig in a little bit more to collaborations but first of all i want to just clarify as far as your revenue generating, are you mostly focusing right now on your speaking engagements, your seminars, and your one-on-one coaching clients? Is that pretty much where your focus is? So revenue-wise, I pretty much make everything on my one-on-ones. Mm. And then I just love running seminars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just really enjoy being able to like impact more and more people. Um, so like I, I literally ran one yesterday here in Shanghai, which was just like amazing. It's great fun. But I mean, yes, I, I do make money running seminars now. I didn't to begin with. So mm-hmm. obviously you've got to rent space. It's something different. But that's when strategic partners come in handy and you can like do seminars with people and split the costs. Mm-hmm. And 
and there's sort of other ways around it, which, which I think is important. But, but certainly for me, from revenue streaming activities, it's definitely just my one-on-ones that have the majority of the income. And then I'm using that income to then build up other more passive ways uh, in the not too distant future. But that's obviously something different from coaching. Right. I think that a lot of people really love the idea of at some point in their business, starting to work on those streams of passive income. So would you say that that's where the future of your business is headed? Well, I think my well, one of my biggest things is being able to take it online. I just mm-hmm. thought that was brilliant, being able to make that transition. It was, and it was scary because you think, you know, will people actually pay for online? Like, can you make the same impact with people? Because some people say, oh, no, I, I only like people when they coach me in person or things like that. Um, obviously, for myself, like all the coaches that, that I have uh, are, are online and all the people that I coach is online now. Um, but for myself, like building it up, Suddenly for myself, I, I just want to be able to take on more and more people and just have more transformative stories. Mm-hmm. I, I, think that's, I think that's what I just love so much. Um, I have, for example, one person at the moment who is like the sort of perfect case for me in that he, he had a billion dollar company in Los Angeles and he ended up losing pretty much everything. Right. And hitting like square board, I'm not really sure what to do, like suicidal for like seven years. And then like being able to work with someone like that is the sort of like transformative story that I would love to be able to show to people to inspire them. And I think that's what what, what I live for is those those amazing stories that you get. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that most coaches really want to provide that transformative experience for people, no matter what sort of niche they're coaching in. That seems to be the core of most people's businesses. Now, one way that people can work together to create this sort of experience for their clients is through collaborations. And we started talking about that just a little bit earlier. And I would like to go back and dig into it a little bit more and learn how do you use collaborations in your business? Sure. So um, if I take you back, I suppose the first collaboration, so I, I lived with um, a master NLP practitioner in China. Mm-hmm. Something that I knew is that in coaching, some people are going to be attracted to you and some people are going to be attracted to other people. And that's mm-hmm. cool. I think that a lot of people see each other as competition. Right. Does that make sense? I think, oh, well, that's no, absolutely. Well. You're yeah. going to steal a client from me. And, <laughs> and there's all of this like the, the sort of un, un, untold things that, 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 that aren't said. And, and, and people don't like, you know, you coming to another coach's seminar trying to steal their client, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's good to, to partner with people, right? So by collaborations, I mean, finding number one, like other coaches that sort of either do similar things to you or different things to do to you, and then doing a seminar with them, for example, right. or running a workshop with them, or running like a group coaching call or a webinar, or I, I don't know, whatever it is that, that everyone's doing these days. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but those collaborations, I think, are incredibly important, um, especially just to build up those relationships, because in the long run, you never know where they're going to lead, especially in a coaching practice where you know, someone may refer you uh, a client depending on your speciality or your niche. And I think that's an, an important stage to think about long term is, okay, well, who could I send a person to if I don't want to take that, that person on because I don't have that skill set? Mm-hmm. Who is a person that after finishing me, I could then say, oh, I think you should go see this person. I think that Having those sorts of understanding of that referrals for the long run is important. So certainly collaboration with other coaches is something I'd recommend. Right. The next thing would be speakers, I guess, and then event organizers. Oh, absolutely. And I think that this whole idea of having a lack mentality is what can keep people confined a little bit and not really branching out into collaborations or just not looking at the next person as competition. When we're constantly thinking, I may not get another client, so I really need to hold on to everybody that comes my way. We're really stifling that ability to collaborate with others and to be creative. And if we can just start to look at the next coach as someone that we might be able to 
work with instead of work against, I think we'd be better off. Yeah, and I, I think that's a difficult cycle to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I do think it's important just I mean, I mean just to talk to people because you know the, let's say someone's in your same niche, just speak to them about how it's going. Like get them to be a friend, right? You know what I mean, like there, there are billions of people on this planet. Uh, <laughs> right. How many people do you really need to build up a coaching practice sustainably? Like, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's not as if that we're going to be running out of people in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, the, I mean, look at the, the population <laughs> growth and things like that, right? I mean, just put things in perspective. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's very fascinating, and I think that people people do forget sometimes um, how big the world is, and sometimes we get so obsessed with all these little things that really don't matter in the long run. So, I think definitely having a long term perspective is is a cool way to to build up those relationships, build up those friends. And yeah, just to see where they go and like celebrate successes with one another. So what's your favorite strategy these days for introducing brand new people into your business? Do you still love the idea of building up those relationships and just getting out and meeting people? I mean, what do you do when you get out there and you meet someone? How do you really introduce them to your business and to what you do? So when someone asks me what I do, I cast myself, I say I'm a fulfillment artist. And they say, okay, what's that? And I say, okay, well, I work with business owners that have achieved a lot in life and feel that something's missing. I help them find out what that is and move them forward. That's basically what I say. And then, and then if they're interested, we then have a chat. Or if they want to know more, I talk about habitual patterns and say, you know, repeating habitual patterns in life. And how do you, you know, break that? You know, when you're attracting the same types of relationships uh, or you make a lot of money and self-sabotage and like, why is that? So I help people remove those habitual patterns. So, I mean, the, I, depending on if someone speaks about those sorts of things or want to know more, we, I delve in deeper. Now, with regards to clients finding me, I mean, I, like I said, I, I track where, <laughs> where my clients come from, right? So I have sources of either events that I speak at. One of the sources is referrals. One of the sources is it's just people coming through me who I've built a relationship with over time. So like, you know, I had one client who was a friend for about, two and a half years and then wanted me to start working with him and then obviously the my own events as well and then just other sort of events around the sort of self-development world if that makes sense mm-hmm. right so it sounds like you really have stuck with what works great for you which is building up those relationships now what would be a piece of advice that you would give to a brand new coach what would you say is something that they should do first if they're really serious about building up a business with a strong foundation do you know the funny thing is i i can tell one of one of the one of the answers that i imagine most people would say is they say get a coach get a coach to help you to <laughs> Um, so if someone's just building up and they're just starting off, I would just, I, I, I'd say the biggest thing is just to work out if this is something they really want to do. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I, I think that's really the most important because I, I guess that a lot of people go, go in like, thinking that they want it to be a certain way or have been sold right. a, a certain way of living. Um, I personally disagree with, you know, the, I mean, there's lots of accreditation uh, out there, but you say, how would you feel if you were, you know, building an income of like a thousand pounds a week with like, you know, 10 sessions online or three sessions online. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I think yeah. that looking into the, um, looking into the why, like mm-hmm. why are you actually doing this? I think that is probably the most important thing I would say, because if you know the why and your why is big enough, then you'll probably start to make it happen. So I would spend some real time focusing on the why. And next is I'd focus on the identity. Hmm. I'm not sure if anyone has ever given that answer before. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I can, be, I can be a little bit different. So, <laughs> um, the reason that I say this is, is the following. If you imagine um, a coach starting off, you're worried, you're not sure, you react in a certain way. You say, oh, I'm going to you know, start to build up a coaching practice. And it's quite a tentative feeling, right? Yeah. It's the same with most people when they start out. So one of the things that I would say is, okay, well, what is the identity of the person that you want to become, right? Like, mm-hmm. what, where do you want to go to? Like, who is that person that you actually want to be? So 
working on this like okay so what what is the um do you, have you heard of the uh, the state sort of language focused physiology things like that have you heard of that no okay cool so it, basically really quickly right so our state we've got our physiology so how we stand like we, how we look like our shoulders our eyes our chest things like that so just body posture then we've got our focus like what do we focus on day to day and language is like what do we say to ourselves mm-hmm. so those three elements what i'd focus on is okay of those three with regards to identity like how is it that you can what is it that you focus on when you are a sort of excellent coach or whatever coach that you want to be like what is it that how would you stand how would you present yourself how would you walk around if you were that person already what would you focus on and what would be the language that you would say to yourself mm-hmm. and actually what i would do is i would work on conditioning that identity in and then looking to go out into the world because you be you would approach people and you will have an energy you will have an aura you will, you will be a very different person I and mean, that, that's what i would say oh nice i love that now ben this has been really really good and i would love it if we could finish up now with the final five rapid fire questions oh i'm rapid fire i'm Let- do i need to prepare myself for this or <laughs> What's one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? Belief. I would say um, definitely belief and then with that consistency. What do you think is one quality that every successful coach needs to spend some time developing? Being a bit more honest. Mm. I, 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 I think that throughout the coaching industry, I think there's a lot of dishonest people. Give us one book that's made a big impact either on your business or on your life. I think an interesting book for your coaching practice is The Prosperous Coach. I think that's pretty cool. Okay. Um, I think it has, has some interesting concepts. Give us an internet resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. <laughs> Zoom, because we're, we're using it on there right now. <laughs> Absolutely. I wouldn't be able to speak to you otherwise. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a great one for today. Now, If the listeners want to learn more about you, Ben, more about your business, tell us your website and how we can connect. Uh, Sure. So the the best way in touch is is to come find me in China. Uh, (laughs) Um, The best way is uh, just to my website, like ben-ivy.com. Or at some point, I'll have the, the, it's going to be up on the fulfillmentartist.com as well. So either of them will work or just type in Ben Ivy, uh, I-V-E-Y. And I'm sure they'll be able to be able to find something about me or something interesting if they like to. Perfect. I will be sure to get all of those links and all of the recommendations onto the show notes page. Ben, this has been awesome. And I want to thank you so much for spending your evening with me. My, my, yeah, yes, this evening. <laughs> yes, it's my, my, my pleasure. I'm, I'm glad I could spend the evening with you. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.